Hello, Colin. Hello, Wesley. You want to know an interesting fact? Maybe. The the non-traditional hockey market that's destroying the league is also only three games away from sending an NHL record. So, just that Let me, and I'm glad you brought this up. I want to lay something on the line. Last podcast, we talked about raising expectations. I, look, I'm just going to say this, and it's going to attract haters, and that's fine. If the Hurricanes do not go 82-0, and this season is a failure. I agree. Honestly, if they don't go 82-0, <laughs> and we should start throwing out Jordan on the ice. I, I'd be done. I, yeah. But, uh, so, so, yeah, the vibes are good. We had three games since the last time we did this. Um, so we can kind of jump into that and then kind of go over where we're at. Okay. So the well, game. Yeah. Um, the first game was Boston, which we won 3-0, and just very, very quickly. There was no more hated team in my heart than Boston. Now, now go ahead and just for the game. Interesting. Boston's rough, right? One of the yeah. things that was really brutal about the start of the year is Islanders open the night. That's a tough. That's a tough night for us, right? As fans, uh, you get the win, that feels better. But you know, first five minutes of the first period, good fucking luck. Then you catch the Leafs, all right. And then you get the Bruins, all right. Chicago's a little down and out right now, but that is historically tough. So it's like, Jesus Christ, can we get a moment here? And it doesn't get it doesn't get any easier for a long time. Your next home games are Flyers, Blues. Blues aren't that bad, but the Blues fans are uh, pretty Midwest focused, I think. And you get the Caps, so you know, enjoy that. But to the Bruins, I thought it was a good game. Um, I thought what was good about that game. I thought the Bruins really showed up to play. Like I thought that I thought the Bruins played pretty well, and you got two kind of bullshit goals, right? You, you're in your balances and all that. That's fine, um, but you got you get two goals that you should not expect every night, and that kind of puts it away. Um, but that was probably the most like what, what, briefly. You beat the Islanders. Kind of a weird game, right? And they didn't play all that great. The Preds, they didn't play all that great. For, for, you know what? To be honest, looking at this, before that Boston game, they probably played us the best out of everybody. Canadians, I mean, everybody knows what's going on with them. Columbus, they're not um, really a team to worry about this year, it looks like. And the Leafs are, are still in, you know, trying to figure out if they want to be a dumpster fire this year or not. So even though the Canes have played well, and you had played good teams, like Toronto is obviously a good team, the Predators are a fringe playoff team, the Islanders are a good team, you haven't played anybody who had played well yet, if that makes any sense. It makes absolute sense. I thought the Bruins came out and played really well. I thought one of the things that made me feel really good, you saw a couple different things, a couple different little looks. So first, man, and we're going to touch on it, the the stall line with Nino and Foss, I mean, they just shut down the perfection line. And they seemed very gung-ho and not breaking it up until super late, and they didn't even really commit to it. Man, we can start sending stall. And, and he's always been good, right? But if, if we can – if we're in a place where he'll have the winger support without having to throw like an Ajo and a Teravainen Teravainen and like really just be able to send out like the stall line to 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 match the other team's top line, we're gonna be pretty good. Um you also got a really good Freddie Anderson performance. Um probably shouldn't have been a shutout. Taylor Hall was backdoor and just missed. Um that should have been one of the things that I love about our fan base, and I, I see other people talk about it as like, well, I don't understand the game, or there's some kind of like, you know, they're naive or whatever, however you want to put it. But Freddie gets beat on that. Like Taylor Hall is backdoor, 
misses the tip. It wasn't even really a tip. It was more like a almost like like he would have slapped past it in if that made any sense. Like a one timery. He just had to like get it and put it in, and he missed. And that was late in the third. If I remember correctly, there would have been about five minutes or less, and the whole building erupts Freddie, who had 0% to, to do. But it, to me, it's good. So, and he had had some good saves in that sequence. So, but it's I always, one of the things I love about us is, like, you know, good, bad, or ugly, like, when the bounces go your way, all credit goes to you. Yeah. Um. So the Bruins game was whatever. After that, we got probably one of the weirder games I've ever been to in my life. Uh, cards on the table here. I only got to see the last two periods of a Blackhawks game, and I only saw bits and pieces of the Halloween game. So I was lucky enough not to see a single goal for the Blackhawks uh, against the Blackhawks, but I did get to see Tony D'Angelo being an absolute South Jersey motherfucker. Jesus Christ, that guy. That guy could is he's the most Philadelphia person I've ever met in my entire life. And I have several friends who live in Philadelphia who I visit many times a year. Uh just incredible. But to touch on that game, to be honest, not a lot to take away from that game. Just an absolute dumpster fire of a game. Um and this, I thought Alex Campbell in the, what they call it, the King's Corner or the Aftermath or whatever the hell they call the podcast. Um, Morning After Podcast. Yeah, which is, which is a good, which is a good post game for, for those who want one. Um, there was not really a whole lot of anything to take away from that game. Um, did the first goal, Really a good play by Dave. He just kind of like bodies Teravainen, right? Um, I think that's a really that, – that's an all-world play. Like Jonathan Taves may be, you know, a villain. Uh, <laughs> but he's still a very good hockey player. And so that first goal kind of was what it was. Then you get the other one right back. The, the thing – and this is what Alex Campbell had brought out, is they play this, like, really wide-open, kind of shitty, never-get-your-flow game. And we have their their top three, like, Debrinkit, Taves, Kane, is definitely better than whatever you would say our top three would be. Um, but as a team, we're so much deeper than them. And um, so you get the TDA goal basically immediately. Really, really, really good pass by um, by uh, Trocek. But one of the things that goes underrated on that goal is that um, TDA does a really good job of he waits just a beat to see if he's going to stretch blocker. Or I'm sorry, glove. It was glove side. She was gonna go glove first or or pad first. So he goes glove, right? Lankinen does. He reaches out the glove, thinking that he's gonna have to snag something because Tony can roof it, and he just you know, bing, keeps it on the ice. Really, that's a really smart play, and that that's one of those things when people talk about like, oh, Tony D'Angelo, like really smart hockey player, you know, gets the game. Those are one of those things you can't teach because you can watch that on a replay and be like, wow, that was really smart by him. He made that decision instantly. Immediately received that pass, real time, skating his balls off, made that read, did it, right? And that's the stuff. That's what makes the Duggies of the world and your TDAs, right? That's what makes them – but that's just ruthless. Like the, the the fact that a defenseman can do that isn't fair. So the rest of the game, to be honest, I thought somebody else had a pretty good goal. I don't remember who it was. But the rest of that game was just horseshit. Um, you get two goals off the of centering passes, off the of legs. Um, you know, not great. The Derek step on goal, not great. Uh, good, good for these guys, right? Way to be. Uh, it's nothing on them, but you know, if 
Jesus Christ, if 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 Ronta had led in that step on goal, I'd I, I don't know what I'd have rioted. I'd, I'd have burnt <laughs> down PNC Arena that day. Just a just a parting of the seas. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was a lot to take away from that game except for um, Tony D'Angelo. Right, he's been playing very well. Um, I think there's a lot with the player, and, and we're we've seen him kind of go pointless, right? We've seen him when he's not necessarily producing. We've we've seen him have these big games. I stand by. I thought there was real potential that he could come out of playing here as a like defensive plus. I don't know if that's possible. But I think his defense is better than advertised. Um, he's probably offensively too at this point, pretty close to Dougie. Um, but his defensive ceiling, I'd wager, is significantly lower. Like a good bit. Like Dougie in a perfect world where it all clicks for him, and we, we saw it the year he broke his leg, the the pandemic part one season. Dougie was a legitimate plus defensively. And uh, I don't know if TDA has got that in his wheelhouse, but first off, he's a little bit of a dick. I don't know if you've heard that about him. R- really? Uh, had no idea. Never heard a thing. There was nothing ever on Twitter. I think that little bit of a snarl helps a lot. Um, he, he, he never gives up, which is awesome. Um, you worry – the thing with him, and this isn't like – this won't show up all that often – but I don't think you could play him three on three, which is, you know, that doesn't come up a lot except when it does, right? We are very, or were very good last year in overtime. And maybe you're just going to slave in Ethan Bear, Pesci, right? But there, that's obviously a much lower offensive ceiling than when they would do like the stall, Ajo, Dougie, Stahl would win the face-off back to Aho. They'd bring it back to their end. They'd switch Nate to Fetch or whoever. That was fucking yeah. ruthless. That was really – and they're not going to – you know, that's never going to come up in the playoffs or anything like that, but that was fucking rude as shit. Just and, real um, quick, I want to run it back for a second because we both have talked about TDA is not – like, you know, he's no Jacob Slavin. No one will ever compare. But it's plus nine. Like, and it's not like there. when he's on the ice. I, I agree with that. But it's not like when he's on the ice, he's given up all of the opportunities. Now, don't get me wrong, there's been more than a couple. But as you were saying, Dougie is very similar. How many chances did Dougie give up in Nashville last year? How many chances did he give up against Tampa? Like, Dougie and, was and all about talking, giving the other team chances. And we're talking, like, theory, too, right? Like, theory, theory Dougie Hamilton might be the best defenseman in the league. And I think I've seen enough of TDA to know that that's not um, realistic. I don't think he could be – like, he's a really good player. He's obviously an offensive wizard. But I don't – defensively, I just don't ever think he, it's coming. I don't think he'll ever be a plus, which, which there's nothing wrong with, right? Um, I'm just saying that I, I went into the season thinking that was possible. But he gets the, the Gordie Howe, which was exciting. Uh, I believe first fight of the year. It is the thing it was. too with with him. There's a couple different things that I liked about that. First, I thought the fight was a draw ish. Like he really only took that one shot, but it was a it was a hell of a shot. And um, and, then, and but he also landed more blows, and he ended up on top, right? So, um. You know, whatever there. But I thought after the game, he seems to be winning over the the media a bit. He's obviously a good interview just because he's a circus, right? And it's kind of their job to, to you know, they need a circus. A perfect world for them is that Tony, Tony D'Angelo goes back to being like 60% Tony D'Angelo in terms of like, you know, he's a little fiery, a little cagey, like what they got on Friday. He's just not, you know, challenging fans out, you know, to fights outside of the building and things like that. That's that's really kind of their uh, 
their their dream. But I think we're also seeing too outside of the uh, you know the media is kind of warming up to him, um, which credit to him. And I've seen this said in a bunch of different places. Is all his teammates seem to like him, um, which is good. But what we're seeing, I think, and I think this is a good thing. So there are a lot of Canes, we'll call them like air quote fans, right? Where the Canes for a long time were a very safe place to um, be. And this is mostly on social media, right? But even in the building, the Canes are pretty progressive as a team, which is, you know, whatever, fine, good, doesn't matter. Um, you know, progressive is normally a good thing to be in small deficits, right? And I think that became a haven for all of the worst parts of, you know, I always think of it as like box sports, if that makes any sense. And I think what you're seeing with the Tony D'Angelo stuff is he kind of, I don't think he'll, it's impossible for him to be a fan favorite. It really is. Um, but what you're seeing is people are like, wow, Tony had a great game. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, he hasn't done enough for me. Well, it's like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you're not like the arbiter of justice and in, in the fandom. So we don't care. I'm not saying Tony D'Angelo can come and babysit my son. I'm saying I've never seen a Gordial hat trick in my life performed by the Canes. So. Okay, well, two quick things. And one is I'm going to wrap up this point, and then I got a stupid trivia question for you that only I would know. But um, – I mean, dangle might, that's not my point. So really what this D'Angelo stuff, and I, I, I texted you about it, um, because uh, game one, Tony D'Angelo should have had four stars, but it's voted on by the media, so he didn't. And that, that felt crummy I don't think, at the time. I, I don't think he should have had first star. I think he should have been a star, I'm, if I I'm, remember correctly, and was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. He should have been a star. He shouldn't have been first star. But he, he didn't get it, and it was voted on by the media, and that felt crummy, because he played his heart out and didn't get it. Whatever. Not really my job, not... You know, not really my problem, just felt crummy. And then I texted you about it. I want to say it was after the Blackhawks game. I was like, wow, it's incredible to see the same media members that were like, this is a huge mistake. Now being like, well, Tony could actually be good. Time to give this guy a chance. And ultimately, we were told to give this guy a chance by Rod and Waddell. They, hey, we know. We think we can get the best out of him. This is a great bargain contract. We'll see what we can. And I mean, Neither of us loved it, but it was what it was. We're going to give this guy a chance, like, whatever. And now you get to see who are real Canes fans and who are just like, you know, they put us in our, our Twitter, bio, Twitter bio fans, which is, I'm a real Hurricanes fan. I can see when Tony D'Angelo plays, he is a net positive. He has so far not done any of the stupid stuff he is known for doing. So for right now, I enjoy him as a member of our team. I mean, he could screw it up, don't get me wrong, but at the moment, I have no reason not to like him as a hurricane. Well, and, and hold on there, too, right? Because what we're talking about, you can be a Canes fan and not like Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not, perfectly. that's not where I was going with it either. So, uh, but, I, yeah. but I, somebody put this once after the initial signing where it's like, man, there are a lot of fans where the Canes were their third favorite team in their Twitter bio who are going to pull out. Yeah, and no, you're absolutely right. Like, we all have personal choices here. If you don't like Tony D'Angelo, you don't have Tony D'Angelo. But those people are not the same person that every time he scores a goal, tweets at the Hurricanes, well, why do you support a racist? Like, wait, what? That's literally just what they do. He scored a goal. What do you want from them? Like, that's did what's bothersome see, to me. It's these random see, people that are attacking the team when real fans are just like, I mean, he scored. Like, they're not saying, we're not trying to put him up for the lady being. Like, that's not what's happening here. Be quiet. Well, well it has to be, like, here's the thing, right? And, and briefly to touch on that. Sports is results-driven. That's why talented players, hey, Evander Kane's been a scumbag basically his whole career, right? But you know what else he's been? Pretty good. And um, there are guys around that all through sports, right? Ben Roethlisberger got found in a bathroom. Ben Roethlisberger was a scrub, right, in Georgia with that girl. You know, if he was a scrub, he wouldn't have played. But guess what? Ben Roethlisberger's pretty good. 
Um, so, but it, I also all, don't want to compare TDA and Roethlisberger. Those are two different but, acts. But you miss the, like it's all results driven, and if it becomes too much for you to watch, um, you know that's fine, but just don't watch, and that sucks. Yeah, I, but that kind of is what it is. I'm not even saying best, you can't speak up on it. Like, if you want to release a statement on your Facebook or whatever you do with your life, that is 100% your choice. But consistently dogging a team every time the man scores a goal, like, that's literally part of their job. It's really some media intern that you're calling a bigot because they support a racist. And all they did was Tony D'Angelo scored a goal. Like, that's all they did. They, um, so in response to the Chicago thing, Kane's Twitter had like Stormy hold up a sign that said like believe all survivors or something like that or believe survivors or whatever. And if you go through the comments, they're like 70% coming from the franchise that signed Tony D'Angelo. It is, it's shocking. I, I, I don't two think it's a question same. of like fandom. I think that like what you're seeing is this was a prop for people who, um, wanted to bludgeon people over sports and now you're seeing people um kind of you're, you're see because they never cared about the team it was just a it was just a tool to bludgeon people right so like and i get i get a lot of it is this politics right and it's easy to, to pick on them because of that stuff but you know at some point but let me give you like the best example of this, right? So the 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 head girl behind the black girl hockey club stuff, she may have changed this um, since the last time. I just found this randomly, just kind of like, like, oh, okay, so you're in charge of this. And I was leafing through her Twitter. Very about the Palestine as an occupied state, pre-Palestine, whatever, right? You're a Jewish hockey fan. Probably makes you feel pretty uncomfortable. Right. And we kind of just let that go because people have the right to speak their minds uh, politically. Right. So with the TDA stuff, you don't have to love them or forgive them or any of that bullshit. That's fine. Um, But, you know, like, yeah, he's probably still a pretty big Trump guy and he's probably still very conservative. And you just got to if that's enough for you not to like like somebody, a you're in the wrong league. (laughs) because that ain't it (laughs) this ain't the one right and be like that's got to go and we're going to touch on that briefly um a bit here at the end of the podcast you got to move on from that stuff with tda so i i I decided i decided after the boston game it's funny to see too briefly i saw somebody who was like yep somebody and I'm, i'm not gonna like put anybody's names or twitter handles or whatever right there's somebody who we follow who basically had a, like, Tony D'Angelo could cure cancer and you guys, like, still wouldn't care, right? And somebody, you know, some random troll or what have you was like, yeah, well, curing cancer would still make him a racist, so no, it wouldn't be enough. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not even and, well, okay. and she was like, or they were like, hey, at me if you're about it, and then he was like, well, kill yourself because you're ugly and stupid. Oof. And it's like, you know, I think we're really missing the, the mark on this. So I've decided, and I've decided before that, but I've decided I'm actually done with the whole Tony thing. Yeah, at that's this what I was Yeah, like at this point, there's no more. I'm not prefacing. Tony, you know, Tony had a great game. I know he's not a good guy. I don't care. Maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. But I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm not prefacing this it's, anymore. If you're paying even, a bunch about this, that's on you. Like, we, we have personally dedicated probably like an hour and a half, two hours talking about Tony D'Angelo. That's not great. <laughs> There's a lot of other players on this team that, like, have great stories. And, you know, we are we're barely hockey media. So actual hockey media has designated so much more time to it. Like, on Sunday morning, I was driving to work listening to a uh, ESPN, w, 99.9 The Fan. And they were talking about Tony. It was literally an entire segment on well, he's a terrible guy, but he's been playing so well. It's like, why why is this a thing on Sunday morning at 8 a.m.? Yeah. 
We're done with Tony. We're going to move on to this random trivia question that I just so happen to know because I think it's funny. If you had to guess, how many Gordie Howe hat tricks did Gordie Howe actually have? I know it's not a lot. I know Jerome McGimble is number one all time, I think. I'm just I listen, love Jerome McGimble. The McGimla. man played for a very that. long time. Is it nine? Um, I think it was it, single digits, right? It was two. He only did it twice in his career. Uh, I love – Jerome McGinley might have 110 or something like that. It might even be more than that, but he has 100-plus. Loved Jerome McGinley. Loved Jerome McGinley as a kid. Love him. Awesome. Awesome well, player. The reason I bring this up because uh, Mark Howe and Gordie Howe, both franchise players, but I might point, you know, played for us. Don't worry about it. But um, Mark Howe was like, if you really want to name something after my dad, it shouldn't be a fight and assist and a goal. He He very rarely actually did that. What you want it to be is a cross check to the face, a goal and an assist. That's what Gordy Howe did every game. I was like, damn. Well, there we go. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, and one last thing from the Chicago game, and it's it's really brutal. We touched on that third line. It's been so good. So, it looks like Nino's going to miss time. Uh, non-contact. I, I haven't seen the clip. I saw him skate off the ice. And it, his ankle did not look great. I've been told and read and whatever that it was non-contact, which probably is worse, right? And yeah. it appears it just um, got caught in his boot weirdly. And now he has to live with it. So... That leads to Seth Jarvis getting called up, which we're going to touch on in a minute. But the Nino thing sucks because he was playing super fucking well. And not just, like, I don't know if he'd have scored 20 goals this year, but his all-around game was so good. So unbelievably good. And, uh, Losing him sucks. And then for him personally as well, um, he he was playing really well. This is his contract year. I don't think we're going to keep him. So this is kind of like an audition for him as well, you know, um, which sucks. It, it sucks that this happened to Nino. I, I think Nino's been really like a great professional. And it really, really, really sucks for him to get hurt. So um, that's it. That's all I really have to say on the Nino thing, hopefully. I, I've seen it said both a long time and a couple weeks. So two weeks is whatever. Yeah. I feel pretty good about two weeks. Um, the, so you know, a long problem time. With that, the problem with that is that Rob was asked and said he should be out for a while. But I guess, and I, I mean, I don't track these things, but I guess Rod had said a while for like a week and a half before. But then he's also said a while for like when Dougie broke his leg. So no one really knows what the heck Rod was saying. And honestly, that's just some hockey stuff. That's same as lower body, upper body. They just don't want to let yeah. anyone know. Yeah, so that sucks. But that does take us to Sunday's game against Arizona. Um, so I knew going into this game that things were going to be bad. Um, my third game in four days, it's Halloween, and it's a 1 p.m. start. Bad. Not good. Not good, right? And the Arizona tries really, really, really hard. They just have no skill. And, um, like, look at it this way. Louis Erickson played in that game. It's wild. That is wild. Yeah. So, first period, um, this was a funny game, too, because I thought the Kings played significantly better in this game than they did against Chicago. But there were many fans in attendance who were like, oh, sh- oh, wake up. They just don't have it today. And it's like, you know, <laughs> they really slaughtered the, 
the Coyotes everywhere but the scoreboard. Are you um, talking about in the building, or you saw that? Somewhere? Yeah, 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 in the building. In the building doesn't count. Absolutely no offense, but you hear some of the darndest things in the building. So, you know, whatever, that happens. Um, so they score the first goal. Really brutal, brutal first period for uh, Martinuk, who recovered later on in the game. Praise be. Um, but he he gets super beat on the first goal. Uh, classic. So now the trap's on, right? And, you know, you've got an undefeated team, three games and four nights, one PM, everything I already listed, right? Who have every reason to check out of this game. And then um, you've got Arizona where they're like, okay, this might be the one, you know? And what was funny is there was this, uh, there was this, this very vocal Arizona fan behind me. And, uh, you know, he was feeling really good for about half that game. And at one point I was like, hey, man, if you win this game, you're on pace for eight wins. <laughs> you know? And I don't want to be that guy, and I get cheering your team, but at some point it's like – because people were like – because he was like, yeah, let's go Coyotes. And people were like, yeah, yo, suck. He was like scoreboard. I was like, I don't know if that's an acceptable answer. Yeah, you can't say scoreboard because the scoreboard shows all records, too. Oh, yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? I don't know if that... And also, too, when you're a bad team, 1-0 does not mean a lot. <laughs> so, so then you get the first goal, the, the nature's goal, you know, kind of a – Hopefully it gets him going because he's been playing really well um, recently. And I was, like, kind of concerned. He's just not getting on the score sheet. And uh, you don't want a guy like that to get down. But he hasn't, which is pretty good. So hopefully this gets him him going the other way because you're not going to get – he's the kind of guy who doesn't need puck luck to score if that makes any sense. It helps everybody, right? But he's the kind of guy who generates these two-on-ones and is stupid fast and generates these entries and can, you know, chip and chase and get it back out and stuff. So you, 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 he's important when things, you know, again, when you're not getting two goals off centering passes off of people's legs, right? And um, so first goal by him, I believe it was off. If it wasn't TDA, it was there. Um, just a blast. And so you get that, you tie it up. I, I mean, the Canes dominated the third period. I mean, they could not have had more chances. You had that incredible pass by Slavin. You had I, you know who's really impressed me so far through eight games? Stephen Lawrence, man. That guy's got – he has decided this year that he's going to score 10 goals. I don't yeah. know if he can, but he's going to fucking try. And, like, there was this one play, and I don't remember if it was the Chicago game or the Arizona game, but he brought it up ice, and they played off him because he's Stephen Lawrence, and he just crashed the net and went for it. And he um, he just looked really good. Did you? How much of Seth Jarvis did you see? I saw a lot of Seth Jarvis. I was very happy with him. Yeah, he looks. He's small. He's he good. Small. He's very good. But he got. He got laid out by on his fourth shift. Yeah, I heard that. I, I saw that. But he also there were a couple times where he couldn't get through guys on the boards. But he is very, very, very smart. He's crazy smart. He had this one sequence where he, like, there was some board battle. And, and to be part of the thing, too, about being small, it's fine being small. But what he does that 
really kind of makes up for a lot of that. If he was on the boards, and this would have been in the first period, and he was getting fucking killed. I mean, just killed uh, when he had the puck pin. But he hung in there, swung out, moved up the boards, passed it to the point. Then they moved it, you know, forward set up. Then he, from there, moved into the bumper position. I don't remember who it was. Um, came up, and they there at the face-off circle, and he was looking for it. And it was just such a, like, you know, really smart sequence, and all of that happened in the middle of – he might have gotten hit three times coming in on that because he, 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 like, pinned it, got hit, kind of trickled out, pinned it again, got hit again, and then got hit again on the help coming from the back from, from Vancouver – or from Arizona. So he looked really, really, really good. Um, going back to like media stuff, by the way, I thought at the time that Kakanyemi scored that goal, the, the third period yeah, goal. Yeah, so did I. And it was Seth Jarvis's first point. And then I didn't look too deep into it, but you talk about like the, the media side of it and all that, right? Where Walt Ruff, I guess, was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Kiki's goal. And, uh, the Canes are just not going to press the issue. So you can ask for scoring changes as a, as a team, but because if it's Kiki's goal, your assists become, it goes Kiki, Pesci, uh, Natchez. Uh, so you might as well just leave it alone and let Jarvis get his point. So they're going to let Jarvis get his point, right? And that's but what we were talking it. about with, the, like, there is no way you've already had a hat trick, you're the first star. That's, that's yeah. just going to happen. But, you, like, you know, that first game, some games, I probably should have been a star. And, um, you know, if you're talking Yimmy, you're still, this is still a contract year. You know, you'd like that goal. <laughs> you'd like that goal a lot. There was another goal, I want to say against Boston, where it, it literally deflected off his stick and then went in. And they were like, well, no, that wasn't his goal. But it deflected off the stick. Well, his stick was so straight, he didn't, like, knowingly do that. But it still deflected off his stick. Yeah, I don't know about that one or anything like that, but uh, good game for Seth Jarvis. The only thing that I didn't love is I, I, I didn't see a lot of him in the the third period. And maybe I missed him. It, it, it really did open up. He was on the, the PP2, right? But um, it just didn't feel like there was a ton of of, of him late. And hopefully – I don't know what the plan is with him. I think there's a really good chance that you see Brendan Smith sooner rather than later. I think he's going back to Portland, to be honest with you. I think he'll play these couple of – because even if you look at how that – if you're going to play him, I think he played 11 minutes. If you're going to play him 11 minutes on the fourth line, that's Brendan Smith, you know. I think I think it's good to give the kid his game and his call up and all that. Um, but I don't so, know about if, if that's the plan. Bring Brendan Smith. I have a Jarvis question here. If it was three years ago, would Jarvis be in the lineup consistently? And he was like who he is today. Yeah, if he if literally he is exactly the same. Just take him back to 2017. Is he in the lineup? Yeah, he definitely would have played. Yeah, 100% would have played. The Like, literally the problem is now we were just too good of a team to give him his chance yet, which is cool. It's just, it's, it's just something we haven't really experienced. He probably replaces DiGiuseppe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is like, it's worth giving those time guys, especially when they're smaller, time to develop. He should really be in the AHL because he just needs to play against men and figure out where his game needs to kind of morph to do that. Because in in the in Portland, nobody like he's not getting bullied, you know. And that's just something he's going to run into. Is he's going to get he's going to get picked on a bit. And guys can be successful, and you don't have to be the, the days of like. He a six five hockey player, draft a six five hockey player. Those are done. You know, you've got to have a little something. 
but with that in you know in mind, you, you got to know how to play like because they're like also what exists is now you have a bunch of six four guys and they're skilled, so you can be uber skilled and be Seth Jones or Seth Jones Seth Jarvis, and uh, and be smaller, but I I don't know I I thought he looked good. I would personally not um, keep him around for too much longer. Yeah, I just don't want to waste him. So I want to play a game with you. Okay. I'm going to list you all the games that will be played in November. It's your job to count them. And we're going to figure out – I want you to guess how many points you think the games are going to get in the month of November. We're going to play 13 games in November, by the way. Okay. So you're at Blackhawks. I'm going to – hold Florida on. Panthers. I have the calendar in front of me, like literally right in front of me, so I'm just going to look at it and try to do this. Well, I'm going to list it anyway, so feel free to look at it while I do that. Go at Blackhawks, at Panthers, at Lightning. What a road trip. And then you're home, back-to-back. Flyers, Blues. Blues look pretty good this year. Then you get your West Coast trip. Vegas. Now, this used to be a gimme, but Vegas, Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Kraken, and you go to the Flyers again. That Seattle to Flyers is going to be tough. Then you're home for the Capitals, and then you finish out the month of November in Dallas. I'm going to say hmm, – I don't have to give a record, right? Just points? Yeah. So, 13 games. I'm going to say 20 points. I think we're good enough to oh, get 20 points right. off of that. Yeah. So, I think our only real challenges there is at home with Florida – well, I'm sorry, uh, in Florida – at home with Philly, it's going to be interesting. I think Tampa Bay is still trying to figure some stuff out. So as long as we, like, you know, play our game, not to be too hockey-ish, but as long as we play our game, we should be able to get Tampa. Florida's going to be interesting. Philly's going to be interesting. They've been playing really well. Seattle hasn't found their groove yet, so we should be able to have that one. Golden Knights are struggling a bit. So And these are, like, we're having days breaks in between these games. That's the cool part. Anaheim could be interesting only because it's a there's only one day between them and Vegas. It's a travel day, so the guys could be tired. We're totally going to have L.A. We should have San Jose. Then we play Seattle for the last time. Once again, they haven't found themselves. Then we go to Philly for a 3.30 game on a Friday. That one, that one I don't feel great about. And then the day after that, we play the Caps at a 1 p.m. Sunday game again, which I don't feel great about, and I think we have Dallas at eight thirty on a Tuesday, like twenty points. So I think you're going to get three from this next road trip. You'll split the homestand. The West Coast trip is interesting. Let's say you get because don't let the rec. I I watched the turn of the crack and play. They're, they're they're good. They're, they might. What's well, for them is their division is yeah. more competitive. But I'm not saying yeah, they're bad. Good. They just literally haven't like put it together yet. Like it's all there. It's just going to take they're, time to put it together. They're pretty close. If they haven't already, I, I think. I think this road trip actually kind of sucks because I think Vegas is whatever. The Duffs are playing better, and Gibson looks like he's back, right? That's most of what's spooky on them. And and the Ducks are tough. The, the thing with the Ducks is they don't look like they can finish, which is nice. The Kings have been very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, the Sharks have been good, right? Who knows? The, I mean, the Kraken, I think, are fine, and the Flyers. I think the Flyers might be one of the easier games that you're going to play in that. So out of those well, six The games, Flyers have been good. Out of those six games, all on the road. I think we'll get six points. I think if you leave with six points, you're in a good place. And you get I at go- Washington and at Dallas. 
I think those are both pretty winnable, to be honest. My only problem with the 1 p.m. start in Washington is that literally only one day, it's going to be a travel day, and we don't love Washington. <laughs> no. I think you get 15. Maybe well, we're going to find out. What, what What's going to be tough? Good luck at Florida, at Tampa. And then I think do I think we can sleep. take it to Tampa just because they want to prove that they can beat Tampa, and Tampa has been off. They look better, for sure, since that initial rest. And do not sleep on the Ducks and the Kraken. I I, I think the Kraken are basically there. I don't know. I, I watched their game last night. They dominated. They dominated. To be fair, I didn't watch the game last night. But yeah, I, I've watched them play a bunch. Bro, they come out and they're a little shaky I've also in the first. watched them play a bunch. You know, that's one of my problem with them is you can't be a little shaky with us. Like you, you're going to give us all these opportunities in the first period. We're going to take you, yeah, one of them. All you, all you need is Grubauer to keep you in the first, and then they're fucking going, bro. I feel like like Eberle and Tanev early have been like just snipes, bro. Just just like re- I don't know. That game is something. So I fifteen. So that would put us. What are we at? Sixteen points right now. That puts you at thirty-one points heading into the month of December. Not bad. I go back to the take we opened up this show with. If we don't go eighty-two and zero, I will personally go and mm-hmm. rip down all the rafters at PNC. Yeah, I'm gonna cancel my season tickets. That part. I'm gonna go outside and light my jerseys on fire, all of them, because I can't support this team, and that seems the best way to handle that. The good news, so, too, looking ahead, is you have much easier December. I got two things I want to talk about, and then I want to update the wager for the season. And I, I just have something I want people to think about. So the first one is the uh, the Canes power play. I don't know if people who are, like, watching, but the Canes power play is kind of garbage. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not looking good. So have you seen league-wide numbers? I know it, it's statistically very good, but that is a whole lot of puck luck. Yeah, we are, we are fourth in the league on the power play at the moment. Interesting enough, Buffalo is fifth. So I don't know what these numbers really mean. But um, early. we're fourth in the league at 28. And it's just like I have watched almost every one of our power plays and almost every one of our power plays has been Garby Joe. They have not yeah. been effective. It's been wild for sure. I don't. I don't think you change anything either because I think there have been a lot of good-looking power plays. I think it's just in a weird place right now. It looked like against Arizona too. They 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 threw a heavy amount of diamond at us, and we didn't really like change it up. That's where all those block shots came from on on the PK. I don't know if they were just like, we're so good, it doesn't matter. I don't know if that hasn't really been worked on. There was a moment in the second period, I think, or maybe it was the first, where the first PP really worked on. They actually moved Svetch up from the left dot, and he took point, and then they moved TDA down. So I don't know if that was their kind of counterplay to that, it created some decent looks. Um, looks for them. But I don't know. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is our face-off numbers. Because our face-off numbers, are, I mean, they're fine. They're just, I, I don't know. The, the eye test tells me it's not as good as it was last season. And to be fair, it's still early. Like all of this, is has a huge asterisk on it with and we're only eight games into an eighty two game season. So really, eh I mean ten percent is ten percent. It's interesting, but it's nothing like what we're talking about now will not matter come January. I don't yeah, I don't know what the face off numbers look like. I feel like we've been okay. fine. Eh, I feel like we've just been a little bit less. It's not we haven't been terrible, don't get me wrong, we're not being pushed out of the dot. It's just it's a weird time. 
So no surprise, Jordan Stahl has the highest um, face-off win percentage at 62.6%. I guarantee you, you cannot guess who has second at 62.5. Is it Kakanyemi? Motherfucker. How, did you know that? No, you had to look it up. No, you know why I know that? Because the one thing I would say about the power play or the, the uh, face-off that we've been thrown out a lot. And one of the things that makes the Fen line really spooky is you chuck Aho and then you get Kakanyemi in the face-off circle. And I thought yeah. he's been done a good job. So, yeah, so if, you, if you had asked me to guess, 2. I would have not guessed him. But once you let me know that it was somebody who not to expect, like that's, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. That, I feel like that happens a lot. He gets uh, Aho. It's, it feels like there's been, and I don't know if that's the officiating early or what, but it feels like we get chucked from the the circle. Yeah, it, it's early. not just us, actually. Like, I don't want to phrase this like they don't like us in the dot. They're chucking everyone out of the dot. You say, hey, ref, how are you doing tonight? They're like, no, nah, you're out of here. It's weird. It's a weird time. But uh, I, 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 I like that a lot um, on that finish line. So. I really like that finish line, too. I'm happy that we got another, like, solid line uh, with Ajo in it that wasn't SAT. Because I feel like it's constantly go back to SAT, and I would like different pairings. Please and thank you. Make it harder yeah. to plan to play us. So yeah. I'm just going to round out everyone over 50 while I'm here. Sebastian Ajo is at 60.4. Trochek's at 56.8. And Lawrence, oh, Mr. Lawrence. Lawrence, that 50 even. So, nice job out everyone. Those are incredible face-off numbers. Why did you say they were bad? They're just like, it, it. they look fine. It's just something like when I'm watching the game, like, damn, I lost another one. It, it could just be that, you know, I, I get hyperactive in these games. I'm like, what? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not some fan base. It's like, what? They passed the puck. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Just, Those numbers sound good. I, I, I thought our, our, other than that we're getting chucked, a lot, like we're getting thrown out a ton, and it's hard to tell from where we sit, you know, who if it's justified or not or whatever. Um, I really wish, and I, I can't seem to find it, is I want to see how many face-offs everyone has taken. That's what I'm really interested in. Because, like, Jordan Marnock has a 33 Okay, well, how many face-offs has he actually taken? He's not really taking them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Niederreiter's at 43. He's not really taking them. Well, Fetch is at zero. Yeah, Fetch is at zero. So let's not talk about that one. Like, like Taravainen would have some, right? Nino would have some. Taravainen also at zero. Well, I guess Kakinyemi takes a lot of them. So yeah, and I mean he's at 62.5. So you can blame him. And Aho gets chucked that. Um, Teravine and take one. Okay. But, so I would like to introduce briefly to a new segment. What's the segment? Where I briefly complain about things. Yeah, because we've two never things, done that before. Two, two things really catch my eye. And I actually don't want to do some, like, breakdown of them. I Just, like, a quick, like, touch on them. The NHL has to sit down. This penalty happened, but also you embellished the penalty is the dumbest thing ever. Ever. Have to get rid of that. Have to get rid of that. And uh, I don't know if you saw it during the game, but um, what's his name? Tony D'Angelo, very clearly hooked. And he, like, when he was hooked, he, like, spun when he came down, if that makes any sense. Yeah. In place. So they called the hook and then they called him for embellishment. Yeah. I saw it. Not a thing. Not a thing. I'll tell you that right now. Not a thing. And then the other thing, uh, and I mean this apolitically, nobody likes sports and politics, period. You might like it a little bit more um, when it's your politics, right? But a lot of people, half the country, will say, spent four years furious that there were any politics in sports at all, right? It's, 
I hear one more Let's Go Brandon chant. I actually think that the premise of the Let's Go Brandon thing is funny, too. Like, I get it. It's fine. Whatever. Live your life. But you cannot – again, it, it's funny. Type, your type, you know, type A was like, yeah, sports and politics is great. And type B was like, no, it's dumb. I'm here to watch the game. I don't know what happened. Something must have happened in 2021, some, some change of some sort. But now your type A's are like, get it the hell out of here. We're here to watch the game. And your type B's are yelling, let's go, Brandon, every 10 seconds. Just be better. That's it. That's all I have you, to say on that. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you explain what let's go, Brandon, means? So there was a – I don't remember if it was a concert or what it was, but they were chanting, fuck Joe Biden, because – Spoiler alert, politics are devices. And uh, the, there was like an MC, there was like a female reporter or something like that, and she didn't understand. She couldn't hear it. But, but like the, the crowd was into it. So she was into it because that's her job. And she comes in out of nowhere. And she's like, yeah, let's go, Brandon. That, <laughs> it, it's, it's a very funny clip. It's a very funny, you know, whatever it's actually got a lot of like epstein didn't kill himself vibes to it almost if that makes any sense where it's just this like funny dorky whatever right and uh that's fine but if i was at a stadium and people were chanting epstein didn't kill himself that'd be you know no and just to stop it then i'm gonna jump into the update on our season-long bets and for those of you who don't know because we've apparently gained a lot of listeners lately um and our season preview Wes and I both made, uh, what would you call them, like dark horse ragers? Yeah, they had to be pseudo-outrageous. Yeah. And uh, so his, and it's just whoever wins, that's by the other person, a, a nameplate of jersey. It is what it is. And if you miss, you miss, too. So you're not, yeah, like, yeah. It's neither hit, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. So Wesley's bet was that TDA would have more points this year. And uh, Dougie in Jersey. Watched an entire and... Devils game last night, by the way. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, so uh, currently, D'Angelo's in the lead by two points with eight total, two goals, six assists. Dougie has played seven games, has six points, two goals, four assists, which is not great for Those him. might be. I thought TDA had nine when I looked yesterday. I pulled it this morning off the NHL site. Let me see. Well, continue, continue, sir. Um, and then my wager, my original wager, is that Kiki would have 50 points. Wesley made me bump up to 55. Um, even less. It's, it's, it's a very dark horse one. And he's sitting at three points right now. It would have been helpful. if I, that, I think that's why I'm talking about the deflection from the Boston game, just because like, I needed that fucking goal. Like, yeah, I caught him. Yeah, I mean, cool. Get, get, get your point, kid. Let's make sure you get paid. But me, personally, I needed that goal. Yeah, Tony Angelo like, has nine points. Eight games played, by the way. Two goals, seven assists. Where are you seeing that from? On, on the NHL website right now. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm are, on. You, are you confusing GP with P? No. Well, I'm going to send you the screenshot. Hold on. I'm in goalies. Let's go to skaters. Scrolling down. I'm still not on the core cane somehow. Where is he? Tony D'Angelo. That's games played. Oh, he definitely does have nine. Yeah. Damn. It's an assist. Well, it is what it is. Things change. I watched that Devils game last night against uh, Columbus. It, oh, my. First off, at first I thought he got an assist, but I guess they didn't give it to him. I went and ended up being Subban and got it. And I was like, yes. And then he had the classic Dougie. He just like snuck up the boards on the right side. Just this blast. They lost track of him, which should be impossible. He's a fucking redheaded giraffe, you know. But he fucking just blasted it. And I was like, oh, man. And then he spent the rest of the game. He was frustrated. He was fighting it. Imagine being so good at something that you score a goal. (laughs) And should have had an assist. And you're out there, like, frustrated. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, this is a side point I hadn't thought about until now. I really like that we lost one redheaded staff, so we just picked up another one. We're like, oh, shit, we yeah. lost Dougie. Freddie, where you at? Like, Yeah, but I feel very good about the TDA thing so far. 
The only thing with him is injury, right? And he's not the size of Ducky and plays like an animal. Even if Ducky goes on like a really bad run, he's absolutely positively um, going to keep playing, you know, like no matter what. He's, he's getting, you know, 20 minutes a night. Well, when you pay uh, him the amount they paid him, you kind of have no choice, though. If, if TDA gets a little sloppy, you know, he's not playing well, there's an issue, you know, he's not practicing or whatever, right, he will see, like, he'll lose PP time and he'll lose ice time. So there's there's a lot of factors still in play, but I can tell you through early returns, I feel pretty good about this. Okay. So, and before we go around the league, I just want to tease something that we haven't really worked out yet, but I've got most of the framework ready. Is that, uh, what is it, January 15th? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm trying to figure out who we play. January 15th, there was a Come 1 on. p.m. game on a Saturday against Vancouver. And we will be giving away five tickets to that game. Yeah, so we haven't finalized a lot of it yet. But um, long story short, uh, I have a son. He's getting baptized. We will be sitting in a different part of the arena for that game. So we're going to give away the tickets as part of a raffle. Yeah. And we're going to do... So this all came about um, – so I I was pretty confident I'd never seen a Gordy Howe in person. And, uh, you know, PR and all that comes out after. I believe that was the first one since 2012. Maybe Brandon said it. Um, had done it. That was the first one at home since Eric Cole in 2003, which I would not have guessed. Yeah, I was um, going to try to look it up and then totally gave up on it because as it turns out, it's stupid hard to track that. Yeah, should, should have Eric Cole, former 40-goal scorer with, with Montreal, but still. That, that, that actually, I, that should have been a, 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 an easy enough read on my end. And Colin will get into the specifics on this later, but there, you'll need to, you know, we'll do a raffle. You'll make it, uh, you'll make a donation to the, the MeFine Foundation. Um, they basically, they're kind of like a local uh, St. Jude's. Right, they they help uh, underprivileged families or whatever. You know, they're going to explain it much better than we do. But basically, they help underprivileged families who are staying, who have kids who are at, you know, UNC and Duke and Wake Med and all that. So, so you're going to have to donate. And there's going to be a certain fee. We haven't really decided all of it, and then you're probably going to have to do something that also helps us, which you haven't really decided on. But all of this is coming. So look forward to free tickets. Maybe we'll find out. There, there should be as well a parking pass that comes with those five tickets. Well, why do I have to do that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, but well, that's exciting. You guys are all, you guys are all welcome. And uh, you want to go around the league? There's still two teams looking for their first win. So one Chicago, who looked really, really shitty against the Blues when I watched on Saturday, I think it was. Did not look good. Marc-Andre Fleury kept them in that game. Tor crew with a power play goal, I think, to end it. Coyotes, I feel very certain we're going to lose to Chicago on Wednesday. But, Colin, who do you, who do you think ends up first? It having some? Yeah, I think, like, I can't even tell you what's going on in Chicago. It's just so – it's just so – Like, honest opinion, their issue is bad, Coach. And you need you – need, they need – they need a Quinville, but they need a, a Sutter. They need a, a Daryl Sutter. They need a kind of an old head to come in there and be a bit of a dick. And, like, Alex Dabrinkit has a terrible turnover. Well, you're done, right? You're not playing for the night. And they need to come in there and really try to – you know what? That's 100% what it is, too, because those just, like – it's almost like anything and everything that can go wrong. Is going wrong right now. I know but they're definitely not. A, they're not a playoff team with one of those coaches. To be clear, exactly. Um, yeah, but they have they have the high end skill to steal these games. Yeah, like they the, like Coyotes, like they could have stolen my game yesterday. They definitely could have. The goaltender based on high end skill. My, they had two breakaways. Whatever. I don't think either of them ended up on net. And if they did, they were easy deflection. In the yeah, corner. I mean the goalie almost stole that game. He has like a nine. 9.25 save percentage this year. Which is like a 9.25 like save percentage for any other team in the league. 
Listen, I think it's going to be the Oats. The Oats are going to win one first. Okay. Okay. I'll take the Blackhawks. We'll, we'll take a stronger okay. on that. Yeah. I mean, if they beat us, I will never buy a strong brew again because I have to light my jersey on fire. But, you know. Yeah. And then, I guess, last thing, um, keeping in subject with Chicago, I don't remember what time. It may have already happened, to be honest with you. Um, all the, the – so every team has a team representative for the, the players' union. Um, they are holding a meeting about David Fuhr or whatever his name is. He, I guess, knew about the, the the Kyle Beach thing and didn't do anything about it. It was reported to him, and he was like, oh, well, this guy's fired. It's fine. Um, uh, Elliot Friedman did a bit on it where I guess 20 people, to even have it go to a vote, 20 people have to show up, and 18 people... Um, I believe this was written back when I was 30. Uh, so, you know, and then 18 people have to vote yes. So he may be out. Um, there's just going to keep being more and more fallout uh, from that. So yeah. other than that, not really a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, it's still early oh, hockey. Morgan Riley it's- signed that big deal too. Morgan Riley. Oh, I forgot about that. And Yeah. I don't remember the term, but it looks well, like Kerfoot's on his way out. Uh, I mean, good getting that bag, but also not getting that bag. And why does Toronto insist on doing these long-term deals? But whatever. Well, I think, and I watched the the Dangle reaction because I, you know, I, I I like Austin Matthews, so I watched the Leafs, but I'm not a fan or anything. I used to like Ed Belfour as a kid. He basically summed it up as as Morgan Riley wants to see this through and that he feels ownership to it. So don't you just hope that the Leafs went around? Yeah. I mean, they can't win the cup because we have to win the cup, but you know, well, they're guaranteed going to beat us in the first round now, right? I mean, guaranteed. Yeah. Of course. We're going to barely make it in. We're going to crush them game one. People are going to burn jerseys and they're going to win in six. Thank you for listening to the Home Ice Advantage podcast. As always, we very much appreciate it. Please follow and share with your friends. Send it to your Aunt Betty. Knock on your neighbor's door. Email it to a teacher, your boss. Who cares? Just make sure you share it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.